0: You're listening to the On Call Thoughts Podcast, where medical students talk about mental health, work-life balance, medical specialties, and much, much more.
1: The purpose of this week's episode is to explore the journey of one of our classmates, Sarah, through medicine as well as medical school, also speak about resilience in medical training and overcoming personal challenges, and speak about wellness and personal health in
2: medical school. Sarah is a second year medical student at the University of Ottawa. Prior to medical school, she graduated with a degree in health sciences at McMaster University and completed her Master's in Management of Innovation at the University of Toronto. Following her Master's, she worked as a data analyst at the Royal Bank of Canada, building machine learning models to optimize operation processes. She's passionate about merging the fields of business, technology, and medicine. In her free time, she enjoys all types of fitness and is currently training for a half Ironman. In addition, she enjoys hiking and exploring new places baking, and spending time with family and friends. Thank you for joining us today, Sarah.
0: Hi, Sarah. Thanks for joining us on the show today.
3: Thanks for having me. I'm very excited (laughs) to be here.
0: Yeah, we're so excited to have you. Thank you so much for uh, agreeing to do this and everything. So the first thing that we're going to start with is just some icebreakers. We're going to do a lightning round of rapid fire questions and... You can give, like, one-word answers for these. Are you ready? Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, early bird or night owl?
3: Probably both. I'd say I really like to be up in the morning and stay up late at night.
0: nice. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you don't get (laughs) tired by the end. (laughs) Oh, I do. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. I wish I could do both. (laughs) All right, next one. Pancakes or waffles?
3: Definitely waffles
0: really nice vanilla or chocolate
3: chocolate i'm definitely a chocolate girl
0: (laughs) cbl or lectures
3: this was a tough this is a tough one i like cbl but i think that lectures are very important too in supplementing your learning for cbl Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i would agree uh surgery or medicine
3: medicine i think i don't think i've completely ruled out surgery probably like Mm 90 percent medicine cool I just
0: nice. would like to
3: experience surgery
0: yeah yeah for sure cool awesome <laughs> um and to get to know you a bit more what's one of your favorite hobbies or pastimes
3: i really, really love spending time with my family and friends mm-hmm. i'd mm-hmm. say that's probably one of my favorite things to do i find by myself i like to exercise that's Is awesome. there any
4: activity in particular that you enjoy? <laughs> I think I think you're a big um, cycling, right? Is that?
3: Yes, I do. I really like cycling. Um, I like <laughs> running as well. Okay. I kind of change it up. I like the variety mm-hmm. So athletic. love that.
0: <laughs> What's something at the top of your bucket list?
3: I would say I haven't had a lot of opportunity to travel, so I'd really like to be traveling. Um, Africa is at the top of my bu- my bucket list. Whoa. Peru, I'd like to do Machu Picchu, see the Northern Lights, travel across Canada.
0: Yeah. Okay. Oh, those are all nice places. <laughs> Stuff I never thought of before. Nice.
4: <laughs> and I guess I'll jump in here um, with one last icebreaker. Uh, I was lucky to try Sarah's, um, Sarah's mm-hmm. baking and ice cream cake once. And I was just wondering what's your favorite food to eat or to make?
3: Oh, that's a tough. that's a tough question. I really love baking. I prefer it to cooking, actually. Okay. I'd say I really like to make cookies and cupcakes. <laughs> cupcakes because I like to mm-hmm. decorate. But if I was to pick a favorite, it would be cakes. Because I just think cakes are for celebrations often and they mm. make people really happy so mm-hmm. this is my favorite thing to bake
4: and i think all three of us are are lined up on on one street at freedom private um so if you ever yeah. <laughs> make some cake or something we could always <laughs> we can always share
3: yeah. Oh, yeah for sure come over anytime <laughs> i'll bake you something awesome ah that's so nice <laughs>
4: okay so Already. maybe we'll get into um Uh, The next portion of this uh, episode, which is about uh, your journey through medicine. And I'm sure you've been asked, you know, at medical school interviews and and stuff, but we just wanted to know um, and if you could describe why you decided to pursue a career in medicine and your journey to medical school so far.
3: Definitely. So it was a very long journey and I think different than a lot of other people and everybody's is different. Um, But it actually started when I was in grade nine. And I found a nodule in my neck, and I actually had thyroid cancer. So I had started to see a pediatric endocrinologist, and when I was there, one of the first times that I went to see her, I actually um, saw a whole bunch of physicians and healthcare providers kind of participating in this fundraiser for children with cancer, and I saw how excited those kids were, and despite what they were going through, and kind of started to see the physician as not only... Um, a healthcare provider, but a community advocate, a, a okay. community supporter, and it kind of made me think of all of the amazing and incredible roles a physician can take and how privileged we are as medical students, as physicians, to be involved in other people's lives and make a difference. So I started mm-hmm. to kind of consider the career of a physician, and as I went through high school and university, I took science courses. I became involved in health policy and some kinesiology research kind of explored a little bit, but I knew that medicine was something that I was interested in. So at the end of my fourth year, I did my undergrad in health sciences at McMaster. I applied for medicine um, and didn't get in. I didn't get any interviews. And I was, I was very upset, to say the least. And I started to think, what else can I do? What else is out there? What's next? And I stumbled across actually this master's program and it was at the University of Toronto. It was called a Master's in Management of Innovation. And it actually was created for people with science backgrounds to provide a business and technology fundamentals. And I ended up taking that and I really enjoyed it. I had the opportunity to kind of learn business, apply the concepts, and I became an intern at the Royal Bank of Canada. Wow. And when I was there, I... Did a variety of different things. I kind of started more in process innovation and process change. And then I moved into more of the artificial intelligence and technology space. And for me, that was very interesting. Um, And it was a very large learning curve and learning opportunity. And we were building machine learning models for RBC processes, which Mm -hmm. is completely different than medicine. And you're probably thinking, well, how did you end up in medicine? You went a completely different route from what you were originally thinking in health sciences. Um, And as I was in that role at RBC, I was surrounded by so many wonderful mentors and I was learning so much. And I just still felt that I, I was lacking meaning. I just couldn't find meaning. I didn't feel like I was really... Directly helping people one on one. I missed science. I missed medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like my passion really was in medicine. Uh, so I, and, and medicine and business are like fundamentally very different. Uh, in business, you're working towards profits, in medicine, you're mm-hmm. wanting to help people and you want to optimize resources to do that. So I decided that I would apply to medicine again. And I was fortunate to be successful. And that's how I ended up at at the University of Ottawa. And I'm very excited to be here.
0: Wow. That's such an amazing journey. and I know that um, it probably resonates with a lot of us medical students, you know, applying the first time around and not getting in. And it takes a lot of perseverance. And on top of that, um, just your journey with... Mm -hmm the cancer that you were diagnosed with and stuff that takes a lot of perseverance. And I really, um, admire that. And that really inspires me, but, um, what's kind of like, so when you were going through all these challenges in your life, what were the things like going through your head that, that kept you going? Like, how did you, how are you always to like able to bounce back and stuff?
3: I'd say a lot of things, a lot of, what kept me going was my family and my friends. I've been very lucky and blessed to be surrounded by such amazing people. Um, my family's very strong. They encouraged me through everything. And just for me, creating a goal and keeping that in mind and always working towards it was something that um, I've always done. But in this case in particular, I think it was, it was very necessary for me to explore and try other things and I think that not getting into medical school facing that what I would consider a failure to be a failure um, was very good for me it helped me to kind of grow and develop professionally grow my knowledge base um, and actually help to shape how I would like my career as a physician to be because I find I'm so interested in technology Mm -hmm. and know that it is immense potential in medicine so Mm -hmm. I'd really like to merge the fields in my future career so just taking each opportunity and embracing it and knowing that I'm going to learn something from it and something great will come out of it and then just continuing towards that goal I think were things um, that really helped me through while I was supported by a really strong team of people whom I love very much.
4: Thank you for yeah, that. Love that. Yeah, that's very <laughs> um, inspiring journey, and we, uh, like Zina said, it's very um, admirable from from all of us. And um, I guess uh, maybe going back a little bit, I know you said some. Of, you you obviously had um, some some personal challenges through through the um, diagnosis of your neck mass, and then also you said you had uh, a lot of good moments with your mentors through your um, degree and your work at RBC. We were just wondering if you could. Um, talk about maybe some of these successes and challenges that you had going into medicine, going into medical school.
3: Definitely, um, I think to speak to the successes, um, I would say that the entire journey was itself a success. Mm-hmm. Um, having the opportunity to work at RBC was success, success. We actually were able to get our model into production, um, which means that they actually are using it in bank which is a big success especially coming from a background where I didn't know very much about technology to begin with and um, I just learned over one year I think and also I would say that a success coming into medical school was being able to to challenge myself uh, intellectually in business and something that I was completely um, that was completely new to me in terms of challenges coming into medical school I think everybody might feel this but being in Ottawa it's come, being away from home was challenging for sure because um, I've been close to home for so long and kind of living that really independent life and to go back to what I had mentioned before I did I did have thyroid cancer I was treated 3 times so that mm-hmm. was always that was challenging just just before I had gotten into medical school I in the jan- the January before I had another surgery Um, So for me, that was Mm. very scary and it was a lot of stress, Mm -hmm. Um, but it also was very important for me because it solidified my desire to be in medical school and it allowed me a lot of time for reflection to ensure that it was something that I really, really wanted to do. And at the same time Mm -hmm. that I was going through that surgery, um, my dad was also diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. So not January. And he was going mm. through his treatment. So he had two rounds of chemotherapy and he had a bone marrow transplant. Um, so that mm. was a source of stress coming into medical school and leaving my sure. family, uh, especially as he was recovering. And he had a challenging recovery for sure. But I would say that he is one of the most resilient and strong people I know. So I learned a lot from him and I learned Mm -hmm. a lot from his care and how important it is to have multidisciplinary care um, for a patient and how important it is to listen to the patient. So through these challenges, I really did gain a lot and it really helped to shape me and and who I'm going to become. So I think... Mm -hmm you know despite having these challenges with these successes the most important thing is to learn and to grow from them and they're all they're all a blessing in one way or another I guess it depends on how you look at it Mm -hmm. obviously we would never want this to happen but it did help me become who I am
0: yeah wow that's amazing there's a lot of this stuff I didn't know and like you know I've been able to get to know you over the last like year and a half or so and I know Sarah pretty well and she's an amazing girl and the stuff you would have never been able to tell right that you went through all of these challenges you're such a strong person and I think what you said was like so true and, and such a good way to look at it is like you you know there were the challenges really tough challenges that you went through in your life and um, you you took them as like an, an opportunity to grow and to learn and be stronger by them and not let them kind of um, I guess like defeat you or in, in any way so and it built who you were your character and it shaped who you are now and, and your whole like journey through life and now you're going to become a doctor so that's a, that's awesome
3: thank you it's definitely been quite the journey uh, you adapt yeah. as you experience, You're just on the go. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: wow, that's that's um, that's amazing. <sighs> so I guess this can kind of lead into our next question on the topic of like resilience, which you clearly have a lot of, and you mentioned your dad has a lot um, that you you take from him as well. Um, how do you, in particular, look after your mental and physical health and wellness during medical school or, I guess, even leading up to medical school and all the challenges you've been through? What are some of the things that, that helped you uh, maintain your wellness?
3: I would say some of the things that have helped me are exercise. I do really like to engage in physical activity, whether it be hiking, whether it be walking, whether it be biking, um running i really just like to move my body and and get things the blood flowing so that's been really helpful for me and also just surrounding myself with supportive friends and family and and leaning into them really talking to them sharing things that i'm feeling has been really important um eating well when i'm here i call home often so that's something that that helps me when things were very tough um I saw a counselor and I decided to see a social worker and that was very Mm -hmm. helpful to have a professional who was able to give me coping strategies, who was able to provide me with resources for myself, for future practice, um, who had a very objective perspective and I think that that for me that was really a moment of strength that I was able to identify Mm -hmm. that and and pursue seeing a counselor because she really did help me through so many different things. And I think that as medical students who really hold ourselves to a high standard, I think that it's very important to cut yourself some slack, you know, Mm -hmm. um, give yourself some breaks, take, take those breaks, enjoy being with others, enjoy spending time watching a movie, enjoy just taking time off, um, all of doing all of those things have really helped me during to maintain my mental and physical health and wellness and um, I've been really grateful that I've been able to develop those those strategies.
4: For sure, I think mm-hmm. going back mm-hmm. to your point about um, seeking help and asking for help, whether that's mm-hmm. professional or even I guess uh, you know your like you mm-hmm. said your support network and friends, I think that's something really important and maybe something we haven't been able to talk about as much with some of the other guests we've had on, on the podcast, um, because we know <laughs> that, um, medical students and medical trainees and physicians, sometimes we were afraid of, um, I don't know, I guess, um, maybe any reprimands or the effects of, you know, reaching out for help and, you know, being vulnerable sometimes. So I think that was, mm-hmm. um, very, like you said, uh, very strong and very mm-hmm. respectful actually, I think to, to reach out that time for, for professional help with, uh, social worker
3: thank you yeah, yeah it, it definitely is something that's challenging to to get a challenging of a place to get to and i think it comes with a realization and kind of you need the motivation to do so but it it's a strength to do that i think and to know that you need the extra help um and yeah. to to get the support from someone who's trained to support you um and sometimes it comes in the form of, as you said, Chen, a, a professional, a social worker, um, a psychologist, and sometimes it might come in the form of a friend. Mm-hmm. Just being able to know yourself and understand what works for you and what can help you through.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you, and I love that you're talking about this because, like you said, like a lot of medical students, we can be pretty hard on ourselves sometimes. Um, and it's nice, you know, talking about, like, seeking help. Because um, I, I personally believe, like, you know, you don't have to be going through, like, a major crisis uh, necessarily t- in order to seek help, right? You can mm-hmm. – it's probably better that you, you start early once you s- kind of notice um, that you're struggling with something. And and that will that will help you in the long run. And it's so worth it. Just overcoming, I guess, sometimes people have personal, like – barriers that they just think oh I don't want to do this they have like this own their own stigma about it but it's it's such a good thing to seek help and we also have the at the University of Ottawa we also have the peer support network mm-hmm. so there's like and Sarah you're one of them as well so <laughs> yeah so we have uh, like students who are also trained to um, talk you know listen to other students and give us space for them to so just vent or whatever, and, and we can also point them to resources and stuff. So if anyone is listening from U of Ottawa Medical School, then definitely check that out too, that resource as well. Right.
4: I'm sure Dr. Hickel would like us to know about the <laughs> um, Student Affairs Office as well, which has lots of yeah. um, resources. I think I think the peer supporters run under them as well, and um, other sessions with counselors and professional health resources as well.
0: Yeah
3: yeah yes all Mm -hmm. great resources i think it's important to bring awareness that they're available
4: awesome Mm -hmm. i think um maybe moving on to the next question and i think this is actually a really good question now that maybe we have a little bit uh better understanding as you know you said you had sort of experiences in tech and in business as well um we were just wondering what do you think can be improved or done differently by medical schools and doesn't have to be our medical school in particular, but just across the board to really help medical students avoid um, burnout and improve mental well-being. Because I think, like we said, there is that culture of sometimes not speaking up about it until maybe it's too late. Or um, So we were just wondering if you had any ideas or um, things to offer.
3: That's a great question. Mm-hmm. I think I'd like to start with saying that at, at the University of Ottawa, I would really like to commend the efforts that we have because we have counselors. We have a great peer support system. Mm -hmm. We provide a lot of really strong services and we have the mindfulness um, and the mindfulness as well. And I think that those are all really good proactive services to have available to students. And we also have things like the wellness committee and they're creating a lot of opportunities to maintain our physical health and our physical and mental well-being. So I think that mm-hmm. there are a lot of great efforts being made um, to avoid burnout and to improve mental well-being. And I think one of one of the biggest improvements that can be made is to reduce the stigma and keep talking about it. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that it's important to raise awareness and normalize um, and have even medical students who are comfortable sharing their stories share them. Because I think a lot of people don't know what's going on in, in others' lives and they can read what what others are saying people can really resonate with Um, so the more that we share and the more we feel comfortable sharing I think that that will help to to break that stigma and or any sort of stigma that exists um, and can be really helpful in improving encouraging medical students to seek help if they are experiencing burnout or seek others speak to others and just generally improve well-being and just continuing to have these programs that are engaging the community i think it's actually very Mm -hmm. interesting too with the current pandemic that we are we've been innovative very innovative as students Mm -hmm. and trying to connect the the virtual community and having different facebook groups where people can can communicate and Mm -hmm. having different opportunities for people to engage in talks and in activities virtually I think is very important in building the community and trying to build that mental resilience.
0: Yeah, I, th- I totally agree. All this stuff is so nice. And I know right now we have that, um, do, the, we're doing the 42 day sweat challenge. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been really nice, like seeing everyone, like getting in, you know, participating in, in it and stuff like that. And you talked about how. You um, use physical activity as, like, one of the ways to overcome your challenges and, like, tough times in life. And let me tell you guys, Sarah is a fast runner, okay? I sometimes drive <laughs> by this girl and she's, like, <laughs> running quicker than I am, like, driving. So <laughs> she's, like, great at it. And that's it's nice because it's, it's um, pushing people that maybe, you know, like me, for example, that didn't always work out every day. It's making me work out a little bit more so it's good to build these healthy habits together I like it it's been good
3: yeah I agree it's been very (laughs) motivating I think when you see someone exercising and you're like okay I gotta get my exercise in for today." it's 42 days of sweat (laughs) yeah it's a really nice way to build the community and Zena the faster you run the faster it's done
0: (laughs) I like that (laughs) I'm gonna start thinking like that you know That's a good way to think about it.
3: (laughs) All righty.
4: Maybe we can um, move on to a different section, um, um, focusing on, I guess, some of the highlights of medical school so far. Um, Obviously, it's been, like you Mm -hmm. said, impacted by by COVID, and we've sort of had, I think, maybe around uh, six months, eight months of, I guess, the medical school before COVID and then now it's all kind of been um, online and distance learning so we were just wondering what some of your highlights of medical school um, has been so far
3: Mm -hmm. yeah well medical school has just been amazing I think for starters being able to finally study Mm -hmm. what you're passionate about Mm -hmm. that's been a huge highlight for me everything is interesting. And every time I learn about a different system, I'm like, wow, the human body is just incredible. I can't believe that this, this happens. Yeah. Um, so that's been a highlight just being fortunate enough to study here, but I've really Mm. met some incredible people. Um, I've made some (laughs) wonderful friends, including you two, um, very (laughs) supportive community. And I just feel like I've, I've built a family here and I think that that's very, much a highlight for me in medical school um building a strong support system Mm -hmm. being able to meet such wonderful people and driven people within the class as well Mm -hmm. who i know will be outstanding physicians and will do great things in their lives and in their careers and then something i'm missing now but uh, that i did find as a highlight before was being able to do electives i think those are always very exciting Mm, that's right Mm -hmm. um one of them for me was cardiology. I really enjoyed our cardiology electives because I was able to see a lot of different things. I attended a pacemaker clinic. I saw a pacemaker being put in um, and just was able cool. to shadow a lot of a lot of different physicians and that was interesting for me. It really makes everything feel real and tangible yeah. and reminds you that mm-hmm. these are things that one day you'll be able to do when we finish our training so. Definitely I know I uh, I
4: sometimes take out my stethoscope and just just ask my mom <laughs> to volunteer to be to be a patient <laughs> for for an afternoon just so I can get some experience again. So I know what you mean by missing our <laughs> our electives at Ottawa because I think that was definitely um, one of the things that was special about um, about our program that we got to get into the clinics and the wards so early and and the operating room sometimes mm. as well. I know um, pretty early on and see have an experience of that. Um, so. Something I miss for sure as well.
3: Yes, hopefully we'll be able to get back to that at some point. The <laughs> pandemic is very unpredictable.
0: Yeah.
1: Yep.
4: And I guess maybe speaking on the pandemic, um, how do you think it has, um, I think it's obviously impacted everybody differently, um, but how do you think it has impacted you through, you know, I know we, we often have to sit through um, mornings of class on, online <laughs> now um, instead of in lecture or a little bit more interaction.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I think learning is definitely more difficult. It takes a lot more self-discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I miss those mornings coming in and seeing our classmates. So I think yeah. that's been challenging. Um, and the pandemic for me was particularly challenging because when I was at home, um, there was a lot going on. With mm-hmm. my family, with my dad, once again, he was actually re-diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. So having somebody who was like, immunosuppressed at home, who was going through those everything that he was going through, I think that made it particularly mm-hmm. challenging. Um, but also, you know, as I had said before, I learned a lot from that experience and his strength, and a lot about our family strength and my strength and. So I think the pandemics definitely brought a lot of unique experiences, a lot of unique challenges. Um, but I think what's yeah. also very interesting is how people are adapting to it and how we're innovating through through the pandemic and how quickly we are. Um, and I think as mm-hmm. as medical students, we're just on we're coming into it. We're on the cusp of it, so we'll be able to experience a lot of these changes that are going to happen in the system, that are going to mm-hmm. happen in the medical school curriculum. Um, as it as they occur.
4: For sure, and I've I've been hearing mm-hmm. a little bit. I know many um of the appointments now are either done through phones or um through through telemedicine or through video conference. And I've been hearing that yeah. they've started to incorporate some some residents and even some medical students onto these calls, so they do get a little bit of I guess of this clinical mm-hmm. teaching than in, in, um, instead of none, which is always better. Um, so I, I think that ties so, well into. Like you said, people are really adapting on the go and and, and the importance of, I guess, technology in medicine now, um, speaking, I know you have a background in technology. I think um, it's it's kind of, uh, it's whether you wanted it or not, it's kind of have become integrated into our lives, technology, um, due to the pandemic, I think.
3: I th- yeah. yeah, I think so too. I think it's inevitable. And it's interesting that they have the virtual, that they have so much virtual care now and I think that it'll be even more prevalent as time goes on especially because it just makes care so much more accessible mm-hmm. to people who are living in remote communities or who are unable to tra- to find transport transportation to the hospital or to their doctor's office it just makes yeah. it so much more much much easier for people yeah. to access
0: yeah I actually had two kind of side questions <laughs> that came That's to really? mind as you were talking um so when you were talking about your dad um a little bit off topic, but I was just wondering since he was going through chemo, you said during like pandemic yes yeah um how did like how did the pandemic like affect his health care like re- how he's received health care was everything okay or or did he have to like wait longer and I'm just mm-hmm. wondering from, like, personal experience, how are patients affected, especially with someone who has, like, you know, a chronic illness and it mm-hmm. takes a lot of treatment.
3: You know, the nature of uh, the leukemia and having it again, it was very serious. So he received care very quickly, and he received very good care. I think the biggest change that we noticed was there's no there were no visitors in the hospital that were allowed
0: Mm. um
3: which is really tough on patients especially and he was going through such a challenging physical like challenging physical physically and mentally um Mm. this disease is so so awful um but because he was going through that, you always want to be surrounded by people that can help you through and going to appointments by mm-hmm. yourself and getting the treatments by yourself. And at times he was admitted to the hospital um, and it was hard for us to even visit until later in the pandemic. I think those were the biggest difficulties that we and changes that we experienced in in his care. Um, and you want to yeah. support and you want to call and even when you're going through these things and you're surrounded by so many people, it's already very lonely. So, because nobody can fully experience and fully understand what you're going through. Mm -hmm. So having that and not being able to have your family around and the people that love you around to physically be there, I think is very, very tough. Um, And a lot of patients were probably experiencing that too, who had been admitted to the hospital or who were going into the hospital frequently during the pandemic. Hmm. yeah
4: I remember um during maybe the height of the pandemic I know we're still sort of at, at a peak right now but we were going through nephrology and our one of the the, the our lecturers were saying that um one of the benefits of actually going to the hospital as a patient to do your dialysis and stuff was that you got that sort of um patient interaction as well with you know mm-hmm. other uh, I guess fellow fellow patients going Social. through some of the same things that you're going through and it was very comforting, yeah. and they sort of lost that when they were, you know, forced to maybe go to um, dialysis at home or you know a different regimen. Um, so um, I remember that sort of was um, I had a, a thinking moment there as well um, when when you mentioned mm-hmm. that.
0: Yeah, I think um, I think the fact that you have been a patient that's gone through the healthcare system and you you've watched your dad as well, it feel like you have a, a unique. Perspective on you know the patient's perspective, and I think that all this experience, although it was really, probably really 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 hard at the time, will make you a better doctor at the end, and you'll be a better you know health advocate, and you'll advocate for your patients better and stuff. So I mean at least there's a silver lining to that. Um, and the other question I that popped in my head when we, when we were talking about school, like how that's been affected the pandemic was just like, um kind of like digital fatigue, like technology fatigue sometimes, because we're always on the screen now
3: mm-hmm. because
0: of lectures. And then when we study, we're using our laptops and all that stuff. So I was wondering if you felt that and what you do kind of like combat some of this fatigue.
3: That's a good question. I have felt that not very intensely because I'm a little bit old school, maybe mm. you could say, because I like to write notes mm. on paper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I spend some time also off the computer and looking at written, handwritten notes, yeah. but there is definitely a lot of time spent on the computer and looking at the computer. And I think that for me, breaking, taking breaks in between lectures um, when I can, kind of taking a break in between studying and taking some time to read a book or just call a friend or to go for a walk I think have been really nice in breaking up that screen time and just if you're feeling like I know that sometimes when you're looking at the screen you can feel like you're having headaches or you feel like you're getting very physically fatigued just kind of checking in with yourself and it's okay to take a break and mm-hmm. step away for a second take a breather and and come back when you're feeling better because then you'll be working at your optimal So that's
0: what I do. Awesome. That's great. Um, So I think we'll probably move on to the last section, which um, the general idea is just advice. And I kind of want to ask you, I just thought of this question now again, is what would you tell your first yourself if you could
3: Wow, okay. That's a good question. I I would tell my first year self to just enjoy every moment. Um and to always continue to do my best. Mm-hmm. And things are gonna get challenging and in medical school there's a lot of information that's thrown given to us, that's given to us and a lot of opportunities to learn, and I would just want to embrace all of those opportunities and to be grateful for all the learning that I have and continue to do my best because oftentimes that is enough, and just being able to get through the content, and I will get through the content, and mm-hmm. medical school is about learning, and it's <laughs> about also embracing every. Opportunity that you get socially, the opportunities that you get mm-hmm. academically, um, so just being very open, I think, is what I tell myself.
4: For sure, yeah. I think I remember um, one of our professors, or maybe a few of them, saying that it's all the material thrown at us in medical school is sort of like drinking from um, a fire hydrant hose, <laughs> and that you'll you'll never learn as much as you did in medical school, but you'll also never forget as much sometimes as you do in <laughs> medical school because uh, there's yeah. really, yeah, uh, been it's so many units and so many different um, clinical scenarios and pathologies. So it's uh, all mm-hmm. very interesting, like you said, but it can get to uh, to be a lot sometimes. So um, definitely important to take time for yourself as well. Uh, at the end of the day, yeah,
3: yes, yeah, and big picture,
4: big picture is
3: yeah. important. Yeah, it's
0: no, yeah, that that's a good point. It is like, the, you know, not getting too caught up in the details, but also just remembering the big picture is is usually enough um at our stage of training and stuff and I was just gonna say it's such a you know it's a reminder that it really is like lifelong learning when they say mm-hmm. that medicine's lifelong learning because um you know there's a lot of information thrown at us so I I try to always remember that too like you said just you know I'm here to learn and I'm here I'll eventually get through it I'll eventually know <laughs> most of the things but don't i won't know them all right now and it's okay i'm just every day at least i learn a little bit more and i'm closer (laughs) to being a better position hopefully by the end
3: definitely by the end
4: awesome so i guess um maybe before ending this interview and i think you've already given um lots of uh advice and and different uh, different look at wellness and and resilience uh, we were just wondering if there was any message that you wanted to impart on our uh, on our audience and our colleagues listening
3: i think i would like everyone to know that they're strong and everyone's resilient in their own way and life gets challenging sometimes and you wouldn't be given anything that you can't handle and sometimes it feels mm-hmm. like you really can't but you need it's important to tap into your networks it's important to take time for yourself to be compassionate with yourself and be kind with yourself and Mm -hmm. you will overcome things that you would never have thought that you could overcome so i think just remember your strength remember to be yourself um, and to keep going celebrate the successes Um, and learn from the challenges Mm -hmm. and I think all those things are very important and just know that within especially the Ottawa medical community you're well supported there's lots of services available um, and lots of people care and want you to succeed
0: Yeah, I think think. that's great advice sorry no go ahead Zina yeah I was just going to say I think that's great advice and, and I feel like you When you say these things, you truly mean it. And, like, you're you're just such an embodiment of resilience. Mm -hmm. And I know that, like, Sarah, whenever I talk to her, she's always so chill and zen and everything. (laughs) So it's, like, I can really – I feel like she, she's – when she says these things, like, she really means it. And we should all take it to heart. You know what I mean? So I'm glad that you're telling us, you know, just to chill and not be hard on ourselves because (laughs) – it can tell you practice these. You practice what you preach, and it definitely works. And it's nice to see.
3: Oh, thank you. You're very sweet. Um, I just, yeah. and I guess if I have the opportunity, if anybody ever needs anything, I'm always open. The peer support um, team is always available as well. Yeah. So I just wanted to make sure that that was also out there.
4: All right. I think that um, concludes our, our interview uh, for the podcast today and all the questions we had prepared. Um, I think from meet uh, Zina and I and all of us at On Call Thoughts, we really thank you for, for the time to talk about, um, like, like we said, some of the things that aren't always talked about in medical training, um, whether that be uh, dealing with challenges, resiliency, and wellness. And um, we really appreciate your time and your Your advice for for us and for our listeners
3: thank you i appreciate being able to be on this podcast i'm very honored for the opportunity and i think it's a very important conversation to have so i really respect that you've you've done this and you've organized this yay thank you so much sarah
4: thank you sarah thank
3: you it was a pleasure speaking with both of you
0: you too it was our pleasure too thank you so much
2: In today's episode, we were very fortunate and humbled to talk with our friend and colleague, Sarah Giacobo. Sarah spoke to us about her journey through medicine, overcoming hardships and failures along the way, and what resiliency and wellness challenges and coping strategies could be for a medical trainee. We we're very grateful that we had the opportunity to talk with such an inspiring classmate today. Thank you for your time, Sarah.
1: Well, that's it for the show today. Let us know your thoughts and comments on this week's episode by going on our social media, that is our Facebook, Instagram, as well as our Twitter. You can always find our podcasts on Spotify, Apple, or any podcast retrieval service of your choice. Make sure to subscribe so you're kept up to date with new content. Lastly, although we are real medical students, this podcast is meant purely for entertainment purposes and should not be interpreted as medical advice. Nor do the views and opinions expressed on this show represent those of our faculty and university. If you do have medical concerns, please see your physician. Thank you. See you next time.